What's up to all my French vanillas, my butter pecans, my chocolate deluxes, my caramel sundaes. This is your boy Joey Reeds, and I'm coming at you live and direct from Regent Park with another episode of The Rum Shot. Before I get into my next guest, shout out Jonathan. You are the winner of the Guess That song from the previous episode. It was Rum Is Me Lava from Ravi B, so good job on you. You are in touch with your Kulibai roots. And my next guest is Martin Ferreira. There's no other way to describe this guy than just a hungry mother effer. He just built himself from the ground up, uh, just took chances on himself. He literally has been grinding and hustling from the time that he was like six years old. And it's worked out to giving him one of the greatest shops in the city. 611 Purple Factory, if you don't know about it, do your research. It is the epicenter of hip-hop culture. You get the best tats, you get the best fades, and as a little caveat just for you guys who don't know, it is the only Wu-Tang flagship store. So keep it locked. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, uh, you'll be getting the next outro tune played from me on the sax. Uh, The winner will get a shout-out in the next episode. So again, thanks for listening and enjoy. All right, so this is another episode of The Rum Shop. I'm here with my homeboy, Martin Ferreira, part owner of The Purple Factory, uh, just giving out some of the freshest fades in the city. How long have you been at The Purple Factory for? Since, since the conception, bro. So it's been um, technically been down there now for about five and a, or four, four and a half years, almost five years. Crazy. Yeah. And what's even crazier is that is the only shop, I believe, uh, in Canada that is fully licensed in partnership with Wu-Tang Clan, right? In the world, brother. In the world, geez. Yeah, in the world, yeah. It's And, and I mean, the Purple Factory part of it came um, about three years ago. Mm. So we've been there almost five, but the Purple Factory element of it, Renault and was, was pretty much finalized about three years ago now, this summer, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Man, it's one of the things that I remember about Wu-Tang Clan uh, is the fact that my brother had, I think he bought like the first, his Wu-Tang Clan first album. Uh, he also bought one of the the posters that came with it. Mm. And this guy was a huge hooper. This guy was a major basketball player. Your, and he had, brother, a, eh? yeah. yeah. And yeah. he had the, the whole setup that he used to walk around with, it with the sound system. And every single Wu-Tang song, was played at least 10 times off that court alone. We used to live off of a Melita at Christie and DuPont. Yeah, okay, no doubt. Uh, so any like time that I heard hip-hop music, it was synonymous with basketball. Yeah. So like guys would get crossed over, ankles would get broken, hearts would get shattered, fights would get started. Everything was happening on that court with Wu-Tang playing. Bring, fucking bring the ruckus. <laughs> Yo, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Bring the motherfucking ruckus. Yeah. Uh, Ice Cream Shop, I can vividly remember all of those songs. Gravel Pit. Of course. Uh, Strictly Built for Cuban Links, that entire of album course. was just like being ran through on the ball court. Of course. Um, so it's funny, like all I did was sit there and watch my brother play. Like I, there's no way that I was going to be keeping up with that guy at that time. What was it? Was the age difference? Uh, I think it's about six years. Okay. So he was he was well into the, the yeah. developed hooping, yeah, hooping yeah, yeah. stuff Six already. years back in the day is like, it's like a whole nother person, bro. Like, you know <laughs> Yo, what I mean? 100%. Like, yeah, six years is like, oh, I'm 10, you're 16? 
Yo, the man's like, lived like life already. And know? I feel like especially back then, like a 16-year-old was like a 25-year-old now, bro. Like 100%. You know? Hundred yeah. percent. I saw my brother as like a grown man. Grown man. You like, guys, guy got a mustache. Like yeah, you know? basically. Yo, I yeah. was I was struggling to get a mustache. Guy like, got he armpit was, hair and shit. Like, bro, you know the man I mean? was like literally three feet bigger than I was. Um, no, no, no. But that was one of the things. So I remember just listening to the songs over and over again while he was hooping. That's all me and my boys did. Yeah, for sure. Um, bro. So that was like the first introduction to that. So then when I saw the uh, your shop pop up when I first moved around here, I was like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, I met you through through cutting hair. You're just one of the, the slickest barbers in the city, if uh, not the slickest barber I in the city. That. I appreciate um, that. And we, we got to talking about just life and experience and all the stuff that goes on in, in the barbershop. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I really admire about you uh, is definitely your, A, your willingness just to work hard uh from from everything that you told me about mm. but also your approach to to culture your approach to to getting accepted within the barbershop culture because obviously everybody knows you know it's like an apprenticeship you have to start off yeah, waiting yeah. your term it's biding like prospect, your time bro you know what i mean it's like prospecting for like mm. a fucking for like a club you know what i mean yeah. like you know you start off as a prospect almost like yo we don't know if this guy's gonna last like he might last fucking one weekend true you know what i mean he might last three months and he's done like you know Mm-hmm. And you see dudes kind of just get chewed up. Yeah. And the game just kind of spits them out a little bit, you know? And it's funny, like, the parallels between that and a musician, I think, is just... Oh, it's life. Yeah, 100%. It's just so, so apparent. Like, right. I mean, the same thing with me, you know? Like, when you go to a jam session and you're unfamiliar with the space around you, you can't just hop in there and expect that you're going to be, you know, the top dude, that you're going to be the one to just start playing tunes and no. you're going to be just controlling stuff and you're going to get all these gigs and you're going to no. get the work cut out from you. Have you. To, no, you got to you have to get familiar first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you're not familiar with it all. It's like everything. You just get familiar. Yeah. Different scenarios, different. Oh, what ha- What do you do when this happens? Mm. How do you respond to that when this? Oh, I've seen this before. Eventually, it's like you've seen it. Right. Like, you know, and then when you see things play out, you know, it's like. You've already you've already bared witness to that, mm. you know what I'm saying, and then and then you can kind of maneuver through it, or you've seen other people maybe, you know what I mean. Especially if you, again, if you came in on some small fry shit, like which you always kind of have to, you know, mm-hmm. then you 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 just see, you see. Uh, that's why I tell dudes out here, you can see the future out here, bro, if you pay attention. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Coming in ca- the form of cats that's got ten years on you, or fifteen, twenty years more experience, or five years, whatever it is. It's like you can. If you read through the lines of shit, it's like you can kind of see the future in ways. You know what I mean? Still make your own, but, you know, you can kind of learn a lot, right? Through, they say the wise people, the wise man learns through uh, through other people's mistakes, right? Mm, or other 100%. people's experiences even, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So, yeah, you got to get familiar. That's for sure. You got to, you know, it's like, and then, and, and time will tell. Time will always tell. And that's also just one aspect of you, right? Because you also have the the fashion stuff that you got going on. You got your yeah. clothing brand that's been popping off. Yeah. Um, so again, like just your your willingness and your acceptance of just work. Just this is what it's going to be. Yeah, no, I appreciate um, that, bro. So what's like, what's your early start from, from I guess, the acceptance part of you just saying, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. This is the plan that I'm going to have. Did you even have a plan or was it just like, let's just let's just start it. Like, this is you what know, you know that you wanted. Yeah, yeah. And no, no, I get it. I, I, I um... In terms of like just addressing like the acceptance part, it's like if we're talking about hip hop and culture, which kind of fuels a lot. Like you know, it's like the soundtrack. Like you said, it was a soundtrack to 
you and your brother balling, like and, mm-hmm. and hooping and playing in the park and going outside. That was the soundtrack to, you know, the culture. You know what I'm saying? And and that's just basketball that we're talking, but but just life. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm gonna say like in terms of like the acceptance of it, it's like we grew up in it. You know what I mean? We grew mm-hmm. up like I didn't have to leave my apartment to be exposed to hip hop. You know what I mean? I had my, my older brother. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That 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 was um. He he wasn't even the biggest music head, but he was he was he knew what the, what was going on, I guess, to a degree at the time, and uh, he was big on tribe, and like special ed and shit like that. Mm. So um, so my first influence to hip hop was me sitting in uh, in the apartment, um, with a tribe CD. You know what I mean? Or or cassette tape would have been probably back then. Yeah. Cassette tape with the with the Walkman, bro. Like when my using my brother's Walkman when he wasn't there and he, he left it behind like you know what i mean and just sitting there and, and uh, you know on the floor type shit bro like listening to tribe listening yeah, to that's tribe the big album. thing back in the day you had to you had to sneak by your brother's stuff while he wasn't oh, around man holy smokes the amount of times that i had to like sneak some of his cds i had oh, yeah. to sneak some of his, i wasn't like, even allowed in my brother's room bro 100 I, I had to sneak in this guy had his own phone line back when dudes had their own landlines and shit <laughs> we're in a fucking two three two bedroom apartment three bedroom apartment and this 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 flipping guy got his own phone line in his room and shit like that. Back Bro, in the my day. brothers, we had a we had a we had to share a room back in the day. We had a right. bunk bed. Yo, that was hell for this guy. This guy just couldn't run game. He's like, I can't, I can't <laughs> operate like this. I can't operate with with this man in the room, bro. Oh, like sure. this guy's trying to watch cartoons. I'm I'm trying. I'm on a different move. I'm trying to killing watch the, the ball game. Yeah, vibe. So, killing. but my brother got the basement. Yeah. Holy smokes! Oh, he's like he's like, a, he's like, like a new man. He's like a freaking hundred <laughs> percent. Back then, he's like a fucking he's like a CEO now. Basically, but I just yeah. I didn't have access to anything. Oh though. yeah, this yeah, guy no, had no. everything on yeah. lock. His albums, the posters. I remember. No, if something's out of place, you know what I mean. You came in, you was like something's bro. moved. But trust me, over older brothers and shit. Yo, the the one time I got Sweet Chin music oh, yeah. from my brother. For those oh, who yeah. don't know what Sweet Chin music is, it's Shawn Michaels. Shout out Shawn Michaels, HBK. It's his Straight finisher up. where he just gives you a swift kick to the jaw. That's that fucking Bruce Lee, the Creed <laughs> bar. That fucking level That's three. That enter, en- the enter the dragon. Shit. Fucking kick to the to the yeah, straight to the mouth, bro. I took one of his posters and I put it in my room. And I scribbled on the poster. I don't even know why. I don't even know what led me to scribble on the poster. I just scribbled on the poster. Yeah, I know those ones. Yo, he knew right away where to go. He knew where the poster was going to be at. He saw it. He brought it back downstairs. And then he saw, like, the scribble that I made. Holy smokes. Right, it's a Just rap. on site. He on gave site, me that yeah, yeah. one piece of Sweet Chin music, and yeah. it was lights out. I caught one like that one time, but... The, the sweet chin music was a little low and it hit me right in the throat. You know what I mean? And and it came from flipping uh, back in the in the in the we were like in the parking garage. And sometimes my brother would like um, kind of try to do up like uh, remote control cars, like true. the gas, like the gasoline joints. Jeez. You know, he was like kind of serious about it, bro. Like he'd fucking take over like half a room and just be working on his little uh, remote control cars, you know. And um, so he's riding around in the underground and uh, he's testing it out. He fixed something on it, did whatever he little little mechanics he had to do on it. And, and we're in the, the, the parking garage and I'm riding my bike. And me and my brother got a 12 year difference, bro. Oh, so if I'm like eight, <laughs> this flipping guy's 20 years old. You know what I mean? Jeez. So if I'm like seven, right, this guy's like 19 <laughs> and um, I end up running over his 
his remote control bike or his remote control car with my bike, and like crack, you can feel it, too. crack you some can piece, feel it. yeah, just like right in the middle, bro, like some freaking monster truck shit, and uh, <laughs> and 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 and, and something must have snapped or cracked or some shit, and then I just seen this guy go to the to the to the remote control car. And like I just yo, I just boogied right upstairs, bro. <laughs> and then all and this guy just came in the room and burst in the room and gave me the one throat kick. Just ready. Yeah, that's it. But that's the thing, yeah, that's true though, man. Like it's it's funny because you know, a lot of the stuff that like I learned from like hip hop culture and stuff, my sister's also a big hip hop head, but like we right. have like a, a, a bigger age gap difference. Right. So she was always just like, Who's this tenant in the house, bro? Like, I don't know this man. So she, you know, right. she's on her own movement. Right. So I had to stick to my brother. Everything that I got, I had to cop from him. Yeah. So like that whole thing of just like, you know, understanding culture and trying to like navigate right. like my way through like right. fitting in and like right. hanging out with the homeboys and learning how to hang out too, like yeah, learning yeah. how to vibe and yep. like yep. that all came from just observing him, you know? Yeah. And like yeah. I think that's the thing that carries out even to like right now, like learning from like the best artists in the world or learning from like your mentors. It's yeah. all about observing and yeah. trying to like figure out there's always those influences, right? Yeah. Like, there's always gonna be those those exterior influences, you know? Mm-hmm. And um so no, I mean, you know, going back to it, it's like the culture and like, you know, first was inside and then you go outside, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, and, and you start feeling out what's going on. And then, and then, you know, if, 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 if you're in a neighborhood like that, you can see the similarities of what you're hearing on in the music, you know, and, uh, and seeing certain, those, you know, certain symptoms that, that you, that dudes may be just describing in the in the in the music and you and you see that um relative to you know the areas that you're that you're existing in you know what i mean yeah. and, and uh and the stories that you hear you know over time and whatnot and and it's it's like that's why i say hip-hop was like some navigational type shit mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it's like it was another piece to like like you were saying like they, they just tumble influence it's like certain artists that were saying some shit or putting it together in a in a in a you know whatever type of elaborate whether it was constructive or whatever just artistic kind of way you know what i mean and and it's like a, you build this collage you know what i mean so you might take a little bit of you know will smith off the pre- the fresh prince back then you know what i mean mm. you might take a little bit of you know this 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 character you've seen in a movie you know what i mean yeah and then um you might take a little bit of you know, some shit you heard DMX say, like, you know what I mean? True. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or whoever, Jay-Z or Wu-Tang or whoever, right? Like, you know, it's all these influences. Like when I look, when I listen to tribe shit now, being that that was my first, like, like I had heard hip hop before that. Yeah. But that was my first, like, sit down with hip hop mm-hmm. time. You know what I mean? That was like, I'm, I, I could rap that whole album. You know what I mean? And, and when I hear it now, I'm like, man, this really shaped my perspective on hip hop was like, this was like the first like portal portal that I jumped in mm-hmm. type of deal. You know what I mean? And it's like, when I hear it now, it's like, you know, it was a beats rhymes and life album, mm-hmm. you know, I was 96. I'm like, I would have been nine years old at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, 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 um, you know, beats rhymes and life, bro. And there's talking about, there's, you know, there, there's, there's mention of break dancers. There's mention of graffiti, Mm-hmm. There's mention of the of the of the DJing and the turntable and you know what I'm saying the scratching and you know the battle and the battle rap, um, you know what I mean kind of like whatever just the whole umbrella of like you know 
so-called black experience, you know what I mean, in America and, you know, coming from um, the ghettos or whatever, underprivileged, this and that, like, you know, like, and, and that perspective on it and having this kind of artistic, like, output to mm-hmm. it, you know? And um, so when I hear it now, I'm like, it, it really, I take it in in that way where I'm like, man, this really was like, it gave me my first, um, how I put it, like, my first kind of, like, like pillars you know what i mean of hip-hop yeah kind of thing you know definitely yeah yeah i remember like my uh my experience with like with Wu-Tang clan uh from my brother like just having the posters and like just like emulating the style of like raekwon or ghostface uh i didn't really get into like music like playing music until like i was like maybe like 12 or 13 uh you know i started playing like like at school and stuff like that mm. but like all i was doing was just copying stuff from like hip-hop albums yeah yeah. like i was playing the saxophone and i was trying to like learn the uh like either learn the piano part from like one of the wu-tang songs or like trying to learn like one of like the vocal lines that like they cop or something like that's all i was doing yeah and yeah. like i didn't realize it at the time but that's also like the way that like you're learning to like interact with the environment around you like you're learning that speech you're learning the lingo you're learning the way that they say things that vibe. even that like you yeah that you put out into like the way that you play or, or like i'm sure like even you like the way that like you you cut hair or the way that yeah. you think about like your fashion and design yeah, yeah yeah like there's definitely like kind of like a swag that you do it in i remember like one of my teachers bringing this up too uh he mentioned like if you're gonna play like any style of music like there's a way that they speak that you have to interpret with your horn mm. like you can't just play like a rhythmic part and, and think, think you're gonna get it yeah right like you might, you might be playing the exact the same note but you're not playing it with that yeah it's just trash like you're yeah. not playing with the intent that they, they have, have behind the it you're not bro. playing with like the heart bro yeah like that in yeah. that specific moment like 100%. thinking about like the way that they're delivering that a line soul. that that's makes that, you that's that essence you exactly know? yeah so like even like tying that back to like you know like as you're you're growing up and like you're trying to navigate your way through with like the tribe stuff right uh how did that kind of lead you to like barbering and lead you to like your uh your brand development yeah i um i started cutting hair about 15 years old when I first started touching clippers, I was I was 15 years old, and um, I actually I used to have my hair long back then, as well, and um, and I remember cutting it off, and back then I just wanted a one level, mm. all even, simple one level, just lined up, you know, just when Jay Z was like killing it, you know what I mean? Truth. And everyone just wanted the <laughs> one level, you know, lined up like 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 Hove, bro, you know, mm. and. Um, and yeah, so I, I I cut my hair off. Like I said, I hadn't had I hadn't cut my hair in some years. So um, now I'm back, like you know, needing to get my hair cut. And um, <clears throat> I it took me about like three three cuts to realize that yo I can't get this cut as often as I want, you know, and keep it as fresh as I want. You know, mm. I can't afford to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My mom's not gonna pay for me to go to the barber every week, bro true you know what i'm saying true, at 15 years, me, you know, know what i'm saying that. and i and and if even my little my own money because i'd be paying my own shit you know what i mean it's like i can't even if it was 13 dollars back then but i'm I, after five six days from a one level i can see the difference where i'm like i could use another cut <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and um and i just just looking at it from the approach where i'm like yo i, I could do this not even on some i'm gonna cut hair just like yo i could do this for myself mm. you know and um so my brother actually 
went and got me a little $30 clipper set from Canadian Tire. And I started just cutting my own hair like that. Yeah. And then naturally, I would be um, a dude in my group of friends. Like, you know, if we were going somewhere on a Friday or wherever, uh, just clean up the back of dudes' necks and whatever and line guys up and stuff like this. Again, before even saying, oh, I'm going to cut hair, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember one day it kind of just hit me where I'm like, again, Shouts out my bro, man. Like, you know, even just big brothers, sometimes it'd be a lot of, you know, some asshole shit. But <laughs> they provide moments of clarity. Man, yeah, I'm yeah. It, you it can have even directly, indirectly. Like, you know, when I, because when I tell the story, bro, I gotta, I gotta give him his fucking uh, props, bro. Mm-hmm. So he, he was like, man, everything you talk about is like hair and shaving. You know what I mean? <laughs> Shave it all and grooming or whatever, whatever. And, I, and it kind of made me think. I'm like, oh, you know what? It's true. And, uh, you know, I just kind of from there, I was like, you know, you know what? Let me see if I could actually do it. You know, before that, I was just cutting naturally. Like my hands were on it. Yeah. But I wasn't really thinking like, yo, let me actually for real try to for real do this, you know. And um, there was a barber in the neighborhood and I kind of just went to him and he kind of wrote down like on a little torn piece of paper, bro. Like just um, the clippers to get, you know, certain sizes or whatever. And uh and I kind of went from there, bro, and and still cutting my own hair. I've always was always cutting my own hair. I, I would go see the barber maybe once or twice a year, mm. and um and I would always watch and pay attention, you know. And and it's always that, you know. It's always I I use a line all the time where it's like I can always afford to pay attention, right? Mm. No matter what you got or don't have, you know, yeah. in your pocket or bank account, you might not even have a fucking bank account. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but you can always afford to pay attention. You know True. what I'm saying? And um, so for me, that's what I did. And I would take little, you know, mental notes and, and, and try to apply it or whatever. And um, and then, yeah, man, just as the years kind of went by, I was just more doing it. We used to just cut everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just go look a fucking two in the morning, bro. Go find a plug outside of like a 24-hour gym. Yeah. And just straight up just plug in and just start cutting hair. You know what I mean? And... uh I remember going into like complexes, bro, at like one in the morning, bro, just in a hallway, like outside of people's doors. You know Jeez. what I mean? And find a plug, go to the back of the building, go get a chair in like the dumpster, bro. You know what I mean? Just go find a chair in like the in like the dumpster area that's just there, like that's still you could sit on, you know? Yeah, it's still and got one leg. Still got like a couple <laughs> legs, you know what I mean? Like one arm is missing, but it's it's still it's still okay, you know? The seat's a little tore up, but it can work, you know? So we you know, shit like that. Mm. And then just started going from there, bro. And then um, I went to school for for advertising. Mm -hmm. And partway through that, my mentality was kind of like, man, I I really don't care to go make uh, Coca-Cola or, you know, any of these other companies, bro. Like, you know, more money. Like, they don't really need my help. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, they're, they're, you know, it's it's like, again, talking about this, it's coming from that passion part of things it's like i i didn't um i didn't see it i didn't feel it i didn't feel to go work for some publication bro that i probably wouldn't even look at mm-hmm. if i wasn't reading it like you know what i mean or if i wasn't working for it sorry and and um yeah from there i was just like you know what let me the, the hair the, the barbering thing was already like like i was wearing it on my belt kind of thing like all the time like I, at that point i had been doing it for you know a few years and um, 
so after the first year in the in the in the advertising course, I decided to um, pursue the barbering, and I still finished my course. Like I was there, I, I did, I, you know, graduated and whatnot. But after that moment, it's like my mind kind of switched. Where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna get what I came for and get this piece of paper that I'm gonna have to pay back OSAP for regardless. Yeah. Whether I pay back the full amount or, or I pay back the half, you, yeah, man. or else they're coming for me and my and, and my unborn, you know, children and shit. Truth. You know, and um. So, yeah, I was just I was like, but at that point I was looking at it like, OK, let me let me pursue this barbering thing and see where it goes. And, and, and honoring that feeling inside of me, that was like. This is what's going to bring you to something. I always looked at barbering as a vessel, mm. you know, as a vehicle that it wasn't necessarily the end goal for me. And um, and I still do it with that same intent and that same thing. And it's like. But I always, it, it's always, it suited my lifestyle. It's like a lifestyle thing, you yeah. know? And, um, you know, I've, I've, uh, it's, it's served its, its purpose, bro. Like probably more than I even know, mm. you know what I mean? And it's, 100%. Yeah. It's brought me along this path, bro. And, uh, and I, and I, I've stuck with it. I'm going on my 17th year professionally now, Damn. you know, standing up, bro. And I think I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, yo, I think the longest I've ever taken off in 17 years is like, like going without cutting mm-hmm. is, is probably like three weeks. Wow. You know? In 17 years. 17 years, bro. That's like, just like, 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 I'm not saying like, like there might've been a couple of trips, like two weeks or three, but like, yeah, you the mean longest, like a long, like, like the longest duration. Almost. Yeah. The yeah. longest hiatus of ever not cutting in like probably, and probably more than 17, I'm talking about professionally 17 years, but it's been longer than that, that I've been cutting hairs. I'm going on almost 20 years since I've been touching clippers yeah but um but yeah but when i think about it i'm like i don't think i've ever stopped cutting hair for anything longer than three weeks in Mm. in 17 years bro man i think one of the like one of the dopest things that you mentioned uh that i really want to drive home to people listening is the you know pay attention right and i think like a lot of people who try to get into something um or they they're super passionate about it to begin with they miss a lot of like minor details along like the journey that they're taking yeah. that, you know, kind of leads them to, to getting bewildered or leads them to just thinking, you know what, like this just isn't for me. I tried it, you know, uh, yeah. I thought I had fun with it, but the minor attention to detail that people forget to pay attention to uh, yeah. can really, really falter somebody. I mean, even like in my own like personal, you know, journey of, of music and, of learning how mm-hmm. to code and of learning how to just do whatever. If it's a video game that I'm playing or mm-hmm. something or a book that I'm reading, um, there's so many times where you do things robotically mm-hmm. and, you know, everybody has like a natural skill. Everybody has something that they're gifted at, whether it's, you know, making somebody laugh or making somebody uh, really draw attention to you, mm-hmm. you know, being that person in the room that can just light something up. Right. Uh, you tend to use those features when you're you're in that practice mode, when you're in that learning mode. Uh, for example, like me myself, like I know, like when I'm practicing, uh, I know that I've got great stage presence. Like I know that you know if I'm backing up like a singer, I know that I can get eyes on me. Mm-hmm. So when I practice, sometimes you know I'm not really paying attention to the finer details of things that I'm missing, mm. and I kind of overcompensate that by just playing yeah just yeah. my even like in my own presence like right. I'm, I'm still like right 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 <laughs> you know putting on that show i'm still 100%. doing that because yep. it's just natural it's just the thing that i have yeah um you know even if it's like like goalkeeping like 
mm-hmm. for soccer, like, you know, working on diving from the right side instead of the left side, just because like I'm comfortable. Like mm-hmm. I know I look good when I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, little minor details that you always miss. I just want to hammer that home to all of you mm-hmm. lazy motherfuckers who are listening. You need to get up, get out and get something and pay attention. No, that no. is like super, super key. And then the other thing that you mentioned too was just the fact that like what you're doing uh, now is just, it's a vessel to your end goal. Right. Uh, I think that's something else that's super important is that, you know, on one hand, like, yeah, like, you know, I'm myself, I want to be that musician. At the end of the day, I have that long run of, you know, music is going to be the avenue that mm-hmm. I want to put food on my table, that I want yep. to keep the lights on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, sometimes like those things, it takes takes aside, you know, it just, it steps aside. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, your gigs dry up. People don't call you for the recording sessions as much. Mm-hmm. And it's easy for you to kind of get that that sidetrack. Mm-hmm. But also having the wherewithal to understand that, you know what, like music is like one aspect of me. Right. And, you know, it, there are other things that I can do to feed into that, to continue having that going. If it's something that I enjoy reading, if it's reading that you enjoy, getting around that towards keeping you sane where you can say, okay, like I'm going to incorporate what I want to do with reading into that thing of music into Mm -hmm. that passion that i have Mm -hmm. but also just you know what like music has to be the end goal for me to kind of service myself as a whole well-rounded person no Um, you need it you need it but but that's what it makes me think with everything you're saying it's like when it comes to all this pursuit i'm gonna say pursuit of happiness mm -hmm. you know um and being true to yourself it's like the universe wants to know how serious you are Mm. like how bad do you really love it bro Mm -hmm. are you willing to see it through when the gigs start drying up or you know this hurdle happens or you know you're waiting on somebody they flopped and da 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 whatever and now you feel like you're offset Mm -hmm. and it's because of this person now where you can't move forward Mm. you know and and but it's like all these hurdles and these obstacles and these setbacks and whatever and if you if you love it like that you're going to push it through. You're going to get back. You could have fallen. All that classic fall off the horse shit. Like, you know, right. you could have fallen off, but are you going to get back on? Mm-hmm. That's all it comes down to. It's not about are you going to win every single fight, bro. Yeah. But are you going to get back up? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's the main thing is that you get back up and hold your head high and keep, you know, moving forward. Yeah. You know? And I think those all those things are lessons. And, you know, going back to what you're saying about paying attention to the details and, the minor things and and again if you if you love it like that like just how you were describing like you know um you might not you might fall onto that onto that showman element of it and understand that you might have been neglecting other parts of it but your love for the overall passion is what makes you recognize that mm. you know what i'm saying and yeah. and, and be able to be like okay if I, let me let me level that attribute up as well mm-hmm. you know or, or know that that's something that can i can work on to get you know to that it's, it's gonna what's that gonna do for your overall game it's just gonna elevate it there's another boom you got you, you've gained you know three attribute points to add on to your little your little list or whatever yeah. you know what i mean and and where could that bring you mm-hmm. we don't know yet we got to keep this game going we got to keep going you know what i mean and and, and see where that's gonna bring yeah you know? and, I, and i believe in that that element of like the magnetism part of it, you know, where it's like, if you think it, you can achieve it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause I tell people, bro. And, and 
It's not it, it, people that were around me at the time. It's like that's how true it is because like dudes weren't even like shocked or surprised really when shit started kind of happening in ways like you know because if you would have told me at seventeen years old, um, you know downtown Toronto, custom antique barber chairs, hip hop culture, fashion, um, Toronto culture and Wu Tang specifically, mm-hmm. separate from hip hop culture, set like Wu Tang in its own category. Wu-Tang and everything Wu-Tang, you know what I'm saying? Um, I always tell people, bro, like on my mom's, bro, and on God, I would have told you that that's the plan. Mm. And meanwhile, like we're sitting on the steps, you know, in a little complex with nothing, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Just watching the bus go by every 15, 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like just there dreaming and thinking and, you know, envisioning stuff and, and, uh, you know, just talking and putting into like into fruition and in, in, even just from thought to word, you know, and and so it's like it's it's. You know, whenever I tell people that they're like, oh, you would have never thought I'm like, I, I fucking saw it, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and, and it's crazy, like, you know, to. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know, you got to you got to see it and you got to kind of see it through and and. You know, I would don't ask me how we're gonna do it. You know what I mean? Like I have no idea at the time, but it's like mm. this path, staying true to that path. Like you know, and I think um, when it comes from when it's derived from, it's almost like primal. You know, when it's derived from like almost like on a like almost like a like a survival mentality towards mm. it. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yo, I gotta do this. Like this is what it is. Like you know, and. um you know, on some goonie shit, bro, like never say die shit. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like just push through and you come through on the other side and you're just like, okay, now because I went through that again, the experience gives you perspective, puts you in a different mindset. You know, if you got through that, that lesson, you know what I mean? You're probably further ahead now. And, and yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think like another thing too, from what you've just mentioned uh, something that another takeaway that I, that I want people to get from this uh, is definitely the aspect of like the notion that you are not what you want to set out to be in a professional aspect. So like there has to be like a merging of what you're doing mm. and what you your end goal is, but also realizing that like you're using your skill set to get there. So like my end goal to be honest is definitely like you know good living the i want to have like a sick humidor room just full of cigars from all over the world yeah be able to take a trip you know yeah exactly i I want freedom you know financial freedom simple things and realizing that i didn't want to get there through just the traditional ways of you know finding like a nine to five and coasting and working through a public ladder i'm saying i mean a lot of people don't do that nowadays i think like the economy is definitely shifting towards more of a kind of a you know free market economy entrepreneurial spirit um but also realizing that at the end of the day like if you do want to get into the art uh, if you do want to get into the arts um whether it's going to be through fashion whether it's going to be through barbering whether it's going to be through musicianship whether it's going to be through visual painting i think something that you have to realize is that you're not a musician or you're not a collaborator you're not a thinker nine to five 
Like this is something that has mm, to be yeah. done. No, it's twenty four seven. Yeah, hundred like, percent. And you know, for me especially, like over over COVID, like I got a little bit disillusioned with everything. Like I started, you know, coding, and I started learning how to just read different types of like scripting languages, uh, mm. you know, from JavaScript to Python to whatever it was. And it's funny because I was making so much progress and learning it at such a quick pace uh, to the point where I was like, man, like I, I just can't believe how quickly I'm learning this stuff. Mm. And then, you know, I had thought about it for a long time and I said, that's a skill set that I have. And I can either use this skill set to code or I can use this skill set to do what I've been doing naturally for half of my life, right. which is art, which is music. Yeah. And everybody can pick that up. Like my, my dad can pick that up. My brother can pick that up. My, my sister can pick, you know, my yeah. mom, everybody, they just know that like, that's what I do. Like that's what I'm just it's naturally in you. You, born yeah. to do. So if I'm yeah. taking time to do, you know, the coding and stuff, which is great. Like everybody needs to yeah, yeah. have something else, like you know, that they're like, into. It's like you're serving two masters, you know? Yeah. But at this, like, you know, I'm not going to get to where I want to be just, thinking that i can wear multiple hats i mean yeah or punch out at 6 p.m and yeah then or it. you know you just clock out you yeah. do your three hours of, of practicing yeah. music and then you're done or that's you do it. your three hours of coding and then you're done even coding honestly like man i met one of the smartest people who i've met uh is at this this tech company that i work for mm -hmm. and um there's a front-end developer who was actually a biochemist and okay. you know he switched gears and went into coding and this guy he just loves it like he genuinely has a love for it. It's mm. not just like something where he said, you know, I just needed something to make money. This guy, his level of concentration is through the roof. Mm. But it's also like, you know, I looked at it and at first I thought, man, I wish I could be that. But then I had realized like I am that, but just not in that setting. Right. You know, I'm that when I'm playing music, like you get me on my saxophone and I am a babbling asshole yeah like yeah, yeah. i will just play lines after lines after lines and i can do it from the sun Sick. up to the sun down you know but like straight up i had gotten so disillusioned with like shit man i need to make money like i need to and like that's important i don't want to say disillusioned because yeah, that, yeah, you know no, that's important for sure for but sure at the same time it's like you know when i put my 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 thought and my emotion and my feeling into it it's like damn like i'm getting all this without any return and like you know that was a haunting feeling for a long time like right. you work so hard and like you don't get you know the return you don't get the paycheck at the end of of every two weeks and it, and it, and it, and it comes down to like who knows you better than you mm. you know what i mean like who's gonna know that you're feeling like you know uh wasted talent or some shit yeah you know what i mean who's gonna know that you're feeling like not really you know this isn't serving me a hundred percent like you know who knows better than the individual mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying nobody knows you better than yourself there's a, there's a saying it's like one of the stories you should be studying the most is a story of your own life jeez you know what i mean and just knowing to, so, to know who you are what makes you tick what are you into like there's levels to this shit bro yeah you know 100%. what i mean like like all this entrepreneurial shit is like it's a fucking dog fight bro mm. you know what i mean and if you're not for yourself I'm not even talking about, ooh, competitive market. Fuck that. Yeah. I'm in competition with myself, bro. Like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? To a degree, I know, I, I know what's going on and what I need to go know what's going on with. But other than that, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if it doesn't affect really what's, you know what I mean? What lines up in my world, I just don't, you know, I'm, I'm not to be like ignorant towards the shit, but it's just not on my radar like that. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and. Because, like I said, I'm in competition with myself. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? To where I'm trying to go to. It's not about money. It's not about fame or notoriety. You know what I mean? It's it's about fulfillment, you know, achievement, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Within yourself. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but it's between me and my maker, bro. True. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I look at it. You yeah. know, it's like, I don't even give a fuck about nothing. You know what I mean? About none of that other shit. You know, and it's like, you know, where some people, it's all about, like you're saying about the intent. It's all about the intention. You know, mm. I've seen, I've seen it, you know, where people, when it's about the money and the thing, like eventually that intention is going to bubble to the surface and that's what's going to be felt off of it. Yeah. This guy just cares about money, bro. This guy just cares. You know what I mean? And not to, again, not to diss the money, bro. We all like the, the feeling of having money in our pocket and mm-hmm. being able to do what we, you know, what we like and what we want to do when we want to do it type shit. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's always that if, 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 the, if the intent is actually ego based, if it's to be like, I was always kind of a loser guy, I want to feel like a cool guy or I want to feel like I'm, I'm official, I'm official. This is my title now. Like, this is what I, you know what I mean? And, and uh, eventually that's going to bubble to the surface and you're going to gain those X amount of cool points. And now what, bro? Now you're just like, mm. you don't know where to go. Yeah. It's like if the goal was to get a Benz, then they get the Benz and then they're like, what? Well, now all of a sudden there's like a check engine light. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Eventually the shit's going <laughs> to get like decrepit or something's going to happen with it. You know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and now that it like deteriorates, bro, like the value even of like, you know, you get that shit and now you're like, oh, well, this wasn't really it, you know? Like, so that's yeah. why I look at it like it's like there's levels to it. And, um, if your dreams are big, you know, then it's like it just again it kind of requires that much more work. Definitely. If your dreams are just kind of more surface level, and you get it like that, it's like all right, cool, yeah, you know, like you got a spot, like whatever, yeah. like, you know what I mean, like. And even the access to culture, like in terms of what you're saying, it's funny on like two fronts. So like the first thing, you know, bringing it back to like a jam session, right? Uh, you know, when I go to like any kind of jam session. Uh, whether it's like hip hop or if it's Afro-Cuban or if it's whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, the guy who shows up to the jam session who kind of has an idea of what he wants to do, but like he's using this stuff like as a cheap front. Like he's trying to get like an easy pop from like the audience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he plays the one hip hop song that he knows. Right. And it's like, okay, cool, dope. And then you see a guy who will like, who can just bury that guy alive. He comes on right. stage and he's been like, you know, he's, he's in that culture. People 100%. can spot that guy and they they're like, fake it, bro. this guy doesn't do anything but hip hop. And he's worked with people. Yeah. You know, you see guys go on stage and they get their pants pulled down. Like yeah. they just yeah. get played out the fucking roof. <laughs> and then that, like, with that classic freaking hook, that, that wooden <laughs> yeah, hook exactly. that just comes and snatches them off stage. <laughs> fucking Wiley Coyote they just get, pulling you off the stage, bro. They're just fucking neck is shown and then there's yeah, a big yeah. smoke puck behind fucking them. Fucking Elmer Fighter one of them guys just pull, <laughs> pulling you off the stage. You're like, oh. Exactly. But yeah. then those are the same guys, you know, like after they get, they get shown out, they get caught off guard like that. <clears throat> you know, they try to like, they try to just showboat in other ways. Yeah, they, they try, try to, ju- to show they try you to like, justify oh yeah, it. I've got so much, you know, I got so much gigs coming up. Or, yeah, 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 like yeah. you know, everybody's around me and all this stuff. Like They're making up for loss. It's like it's like hot air, bro. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's not really solid. It's just full of hot air. You and know? that's because they they're part time doing it. Right. You know, like they're they're weekend not, warrior. Exactly, and they don't have like the the facets to really show the other guys. Right. Like yeah, like I can play and I can hang. And I can be adjustable too, like whatever you're doing. Like I understand what you're doing. I understand where it's coming from. I understand your place of sincerity. 100%. So like when I respond to you with what I'm playing, 
now it's like we're having a dialogue and now like you know it. true art is being is happening yeah, and yeah. that's where culture happens that's what i it's, think it, like it, culture is all about 100 percent, and it's what it's like what they say bro it's like the secret ingredient is is love Mm. You know what I mean? It's like your mom cooks something for you, and it could just be some basic sandwich or something. But it's like, yo, no one can make it like her. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. You know, and and uh, when when that love is there with whatever it is you're doing, I think again that's the intention behind it. There's a genuine love. There's a genuine um, respect and understanding for it all, and you know, and that that's what shines through with it. Then it's like, oh shit, okay, mm-hmm. this person is of the cloth. Yeah. You yeah, know, you can't I mean, you can't fake. There's no bootleg, bro. Like you know. Yeah, even cooking, man. Like yesterday, I just made like curry chicken by myself for the first time, just like from scratch. Yeah, I had my pop show me how to make it a few times. Yeah, and then uh, my parents came back from Trinidad like last week. Yeah, so they bought this iron pot for me, Sick. and they were like, "All right, man, like it's your time." You know, yeah, we've been showing you yeah. how to do it this whole time. Now you got your iron pot. You know, you got to oil it down. You got to yeah. do what, what you got to do. So I'm gonna give you guys. I'm gonna let you guys in on a secret on how to make really good curry chicken right now oh shit uh this is sponsored from junior and joanne from trinidad there you so go. when you're gonna make your curry chicken you have to make sure that you have an iron pot which is just a big heavy pot it's deep so that the oil can cook and burn nicely mm. so what you have to do is when you're oiling that pot you add a little bit of that that olive oil into your pot you just don't even like mince your garlic you just like get a garlic clove like one piece of garlic you put that on the table, you just hit it once, just with your fist or whatever, just enough to split the garlic. So mm. that's called burning the garlic. Mm. So you put the garlic in your pot, and now as your pot's burning, you're going to see the garlic start to slowly turn like a golden brown. You don't want it to get black. That, that's, that's no good. You just want it to be a nice light golden brown on both sides. So you're going to take your garlic out of that pot once it's nice and golden brown on that garlic. So now your pot's, you know, it's bubbling, your oil's hot. Now you add in a little bit of your curry powder, and then you have to mix. You have to whip that curry powder. Mm. You have to make sure that that curry powder doesn't burn. It wants to be a nice little bubbly, light texture, maybe like a dark brown, not too black, but you have to keep turning and minding your pot. So I'm doing all this stuff, and as I'm doing it, like I'm literally singing chutney songs in my head. <laughs> I've got like a whole like I'm like my whole demeanor's changed, yeah. and I'm like, <laughs> I'm an island man right now. I'm literally I'm, I'm talking to my girlfriend. I'm like, yes, we well, you, you want some curry powder? Yeah, you, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm like I'm literally embodying yeah. Junior Harbins. I'm embodying yeah. my dad. Like I'm walking like him. I'm like I'm talking like him. I'm dancing like him. To I'm, bone. I'm literally cooking. Yeah, yeah literally turning yeah. to the bone. To the bone. I am literally like embodying this island person, and like I couldn't have done that without a like you know looking at my dad doing that, like observing right. the culture, like right. being it's around. It's in you, brother. It's like, in you. Yeah, like that yeah. whole. So like at the end of it, you know, I called my parents and they were just like, "Wow, we can't believe like it looks like curry chicken." Right. But it wasn't just like the act of me, you know, just going through the steps methodically making it. It was literally like the feeling that I got of like literally feeling like Junior Harbins. I, yeah, like, yeah, you you're going to carry on tradition, junior. fam. You're carrying yeah, on like tradition. Yeah, that is like, but that's the same thing that you have to have when you're doing your profession, especially right. when you're doing a 24-7 profession. Like you have to embody you gotta love that it. feeling. You know, like when I go on stage, like as, you know, whatever, as corny as it sounds, like, I do feel like I am that that hip hop person. Like yeah. I feel like that's it's something that's in me. Like I'm sure like even Come when on. you're cutting hair, like I could just see like 
like the energy that you're putting through transmits to the person who's on the scene. Right, like right. when I get up after I get a haircut from you, I am I am ready to play. Like the yeah, first yeah, thing I no want to do is grab my horn and just walk around the city and just play because I feel fly. Like I feel that that energy. I feel that aura around me. Yeah. So like you have to embody it. Like it's not just something that you can observe and then take where you're observing and show someone else because someone else is doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So like they're not going to get that connection with you because they're going to feel like, you know what, when I'm watching you and I'm observing you, I'm not getting anything from you. You and I are on the same level. So who are you to try and show me some nonsense that I can feel is not authentic from you? 100%. So like that is super important. And the next thing that I wanted to ask you on that topic, Mm -hmm. um, you're also a a fly uh, fashion designer. Uh, Mm -hmm. Did that come out? after you were doing uh, the hair stuff, after you're doing the cutting stuff? Like, how did that even, like, how does that intertwine yeah, with your, your it, path? It's um, it's always been, again, bro, just growing up, growing up, like, I think, especially when you, when you don't, like, I've always looked at it like, the people that don't have that much, right? That's why respect is so big. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's why it's like you hear stories and, you know, dude got killed over a $20 friggin' dice game mm-hmm. and it's like it, twenty dollars it wasn't about the twenty dollars bro mm. it was about the respect it was about you know like like so i think when when you're growing up with like it's like you got whatever you got kind of stuff you know yeah like not, not everything is just so readily available let's say it like that and you know so simple things like how you lace your shoelace mm-hmm. little things like that like you know when i think back to it it was always that like how to get your pants to sit on your shoe a certain way. You know, we started rocking the Tims, like get the Tims sitting a certain way. We always just dissect shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I like, I like when hoodies, you know, when the hood sits like this, you know, as, as you know, just dissected like pure style all day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I remember me and my homeboy would just go to the mall. I have no damn money. We have no money to buy shit. You know what I mean? We just go to the mall and just dissect shit. You know, growing up, you know what I mean, and and uh, and try to hide shit in in the place of thinking, okay, we're gonna get paid in like <laughs> two weeks. Try to hide it somewhere in the store or whatever, you know. Yeah. But we go like, you know, it's the little things like, you know, the way the cuffs, or like when when the cuffs on a on a crew neck is like this, or the waistband. Yo, I hate when it's like too loose and da da da. Like you know, just all type of little dissection and stuff. And I think again, I think for me, I got it from my mother, mm-hmm. who's always been you know, fashionable in her own, in her own way, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, her own style, like always was never again, like never a a follow fashion type person. It's like, you know, we kind of, you know, it's like you, 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 you got the lighthouse and you got the moth, bro, Mm. you know? And, and so for me, like style, personal style is like that. It's like, you know, I, I wear it because I like it. I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, it's kind of like a weird juxtaposition, right? Like the classic Jordan cement fours, you know, Wait. you know, like, like, like I always loved those shoes. I was from like, do the right thing when friggin' the dude, Chio, dude ran the dude over, rolls his, over his yeah, shoe, you know, and it's like, Ooh, like, you know, like Jeez. those, those nostalgic pieces, right? I and should I, make you buy me a new pair. I was born in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Radio Raheem in them, bro. Jeez. You know? And um, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Timeless, bro. Classic guys wearing a Larry Bird t shirt and shit. <laughs> just so, you know, Drinking his orange juice yeah, and he yeah. owns the goddamn building. Yeah. You know, and just runs over the sneaker, right? And it's like always been such a nostalgic shoe. And I have a pair. Mm-hmm. I've never been a big Jordan guy, but uh, the certain pairs, like I, I love nostalgia. I love timeless shit, you know? 
and uh, and I have a pair of those, but I also feel like I don't. I was just thinking about the other day, and it's like I have those pairs. I've never worn them, and I don't even give a shit to wear them over here. Mm-hmm. And I and I and it's because I've seen those shoes a hundred and thirty thousand times on people's feet. You know yeah. what I mean? And I feel like like it's not played out because it's timeless. So it can't. It's never going to be played out. Mm-hmm. It's a timeless piece, but it's just to say the juxtaposition between like I don't care what. Like I said, the personal style of like your own representation, but also like the impact of it. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? It's also kind of like a part of it. Not that I care what anybody else thinks. Yeah. But there's like, again, in terms of hip hop, it's like, oh, we're here. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Like back in the day, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like this kind of like hard hitting a little bit kind of thing, you know? And and so I've always like certain shoes like that that I feel like I've played out here. I'm like, I'm gonna go wear that in like. France, bro, or like you know what I mean. True, we go be in, in in Lisbon, in Portugal, wearing that shoe, yeah, or or in Berlin or something. Where let me go be in New Zealand with that shoe on, you know what Feel I mean? That. Where I'm like, where it's not so commonplace, and it's like not that I say that I care. I don't give a fuck. Someone's like, oh, those shoes are sick. Like I think they're sick, bro. Yeah, I don't give a fuck who thinks they're sick. <laughs> I think that like that's what it comes from. Like I think they're sick. That's why I bought them. That's why I'm wearing them. You mm. know what I mean? But there is also a uh uh. Like a like a like a like a what do they call it? Um, after the earthquake comes like the aftershock. Oh yeah, there's yeah. like an aftershock part of it as well, you know. So again, just style, man, just style. It just always came came from that. Just and I think again, barbering, um, in my opinion, you know what I mean. Good barber is supposed to be a style. It's supposed to it's style True. shit. It's, again, like it's it, all this shit is supposed to naturally fit. You can't force this shit, bro. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like all all all. I think, you know, good barber is going to have a, a style sense, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be able to be able to look at a at a person's face and know, you know, how it works for them, what would look good on them, their beard and stuff. Like I got certain homeboys that are like never told me how to cut their hair because mm. they they have the mentality like a barber is supposed to know how to cut your hair. Crazy. So they just like literally just sit. never told me how to cut their hair, brother. Jeez. Dudes have been cutting for years and years and like over a decade. Like, you know what I'm saying? Never told me how, how they want their hair cut because they come from a mentality or a school of thought that a barber is supposed to know how to cut your hair. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you know, just a, just another way of looking at it, right? But it's like, so the fashion thing, let's go back to that. The fashion thing just came about, um, yeah, kind of naturally in that way, bro. Like, if I tell you, that, I mean, we can get into, like, the detail of the story if, if you want it. But, like, it's um, it, it started, yeah, 2010. Is when I formed the brand. Um, Old Soul is the name of the brand, and uh, that's dope. Yeah, Old thank Soul. you. Yeah, and uh, and again, just coming from always paying attention to shit, you know, always kind of, you know, just being patient and just even shit like I said, we couldn't buy it, bro, but we just look at all the polo shit mm. or whatever Averick's jackets back in the day. Like I wasn't getting that shit, bro, but like I'd see it, I'd observe it, like you know, and. Um, yeah, just just the influence of the style, or the culture, the music, and I remember just thinking with my one homeboy, like from back 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 then, it was like, I was like, yo, I remember, I was, I was telling him like, yo, like a leather a leather brand would kind of be sick, like that would be something that you could you could make a, an impact with that, you know, doing leather like leather jackets, leather shit, like you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then literally we had this conversation, and then. The next week, I was, I was, this is many, many years, obviously, that was like probably 2009 or something, let's say, you know, and uh, so I, I get a call, you know, we get these, these, get these, um, like, I guess, telemarketing almost, like, calls or cold calls from, yeah, 
from this is actually coming from a manufacturer in Pakistan, cold calling of shops in, in Canada or North America, trying to connect with them directly because they make scissors or they make razor blades and combs and shit like that. And they want to see like, you know, as a, as a manufacturer, they're just trying to cold call these places to see, do you want your scissors with your shop name on them and da, 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 mm. like this type of shit. Right. And I kind of brushed them. I had a conversation with this guy on the phone and I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, the owner's not here, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just gave yeah. him one of those ones. And and he's like, oh, when, when can I call back? Like, is he going to be around tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever, you know? And kind of just brushed him. And I remember after I kind of thought like, oh, I felt kind of bad because at the time, me and um, one of my boys were were were, were contemplating and, and pitching the idea of, of doing like a barber supply company because I felt that there was mad lack in, in mm. barber supply in Toronto, you know? at the time you know so i was uh i was entertaining that in my mind so after i got off the phone with this guy from pakistan i was like fuck i should have just heard, heard him out because if we're oh, thinking shit. you know yeah. what i mean because i'm thinking about this barber supply shit you know i'm just like oh you even razor blades or something like we do our own razor blade like just on some different shit whatever and um so i was like oh shit so the next day now i'm in the shop again by myself cutting all day and the phone the phone rings again is this guy from pakistan jeez calling back so I end up on the phone with him, talk for like half an hour about razor blades and combs and scissors and shit like that. And then because of this conversation that I had with my homeboy like a week prior, at the end of the conversation, I'm like, hey, bro, what do you know about leather? Right. And he starts laughing and he's like, it's funny you ask me. He's like, my family's been in the leather business since the 70s. Jeez. Right. And I was like, oh, snap. So then we just started talking about that. And um, I ended up getting a sample jacket made. Um, and this is like pre like WhatsApp and shit. You know what I mean? This is like, you know, <laughs> you couldn't see the man's photo and that like yeah, yeah. four four nine 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 eight seven. Yeah, like this is straight up like <laughs> fucking calling cards and shit. Jeez, you know, emails and whatever. And um, so yeah, I just started building it from there. I didn't have any brand. There was no brand yet. I had ran a couple samples. Um, I did some leather jackets with like razor blades like embossed on it and shit like that. Sick on a leather, like a lambskin kind of leather bombers and stuff like that. And then, um, and I remember one of my, my homeboys, uh, my homeboy's cousin's husband, um, was a guy that was kind of in the graphic design, you know, like a clean cut guy was in the graphic design world or whatever. And he's an older guy to us. And I remember, um, you know, cause I knew that I wanted to do a brand. Like I knew that that was the shit, like, you know, Mm-hmm. to do like you know what i mean it's not just about selling blank jackets and shit like on some flea market shit <laughs> you know what i mean so i was like you okay. met that guy's cousin at the flea market <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 for sure <laughs> could have done big things you know percent. <laughs> but um but no you know so i sat down with him and he was like he basically told me he was like um he was like you know if you know that you have a supply you know just hone the brand and 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 create the brand or else you're gonna potentially like saturate your market like from the beginning you know, like, cause your homeboys are going to support you and people's going to, I was going to sell leather jackets in like July, bro, August and shit. I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll just sell, Jeez. you know what I mean? And, um, and I was, I was literally like in the final stages of putting this little small little order together of uh blank leather bombers. Mm. And, um, so then I, I remember being in the, uh, being like at like young and Dundas and, um, called this guy straight from, from, you know, from here to Pakistan and. And told him, yo, pause the order, bro. Like, I got to create a brand, you know? And um, 
So, yeah, that's when I started just marinating. And it's like breathing all the life into it. You know what I mean? What's mm-hmm. the brand about? It needs to be something true to, you know, its conception. You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, again, bro, it's about, you know, you you know, it's like you can't, you can't um, fake, like, what's real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it has to be real. It has to be derived from something real. And if we pride ourselves off of that authenticity in terms of, character and and principles and situation being able to read situation be like yo what happened this mm. one happened? okay what's like what's the true like always trying to find like the true the truest point that we can you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like seeking that part of it and um so yeah it just kind of came about naturally in that way and 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 i remember just on the being on the train the train is a great place to think bro like you know yo. the train <laughs> and the buses and these things like you know it's a lot of ma- madness going yeah, on sometimes man. but if you know you just got your headphones in like more times i'd have headphones like, when you had no music my shit would be dead you know what i mean but you just have it in Yo. anyway like you know and and um and just kind of let your mind like kind of go with like your subconscious mind like a little bit you know and and uh kind of plant those those questions in your mind and you know what i mean mm-hmm. wait for the answers to come and 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 constantly try to seek those answers you know without trying to force it right you don't want to force something and it's you know it's taking me time you know, to learn, like I've learned uh, like a lot, bro, from then till now in terms of like, um, branding, like, you know what I mean? I remember, I remember a a good piece of advice, uh, a guy I used to cut who was a founder of, uh, or a CEO of like a advertising agency. Mm -hmm. And I remember he told me when it came to like, um, logos and shit like that. Um, cause he seen, I was kind of bugging out a little bit. I had a situation where uh, um, my house was broken into. Oh, shit. My apartment was broken into, and it was off the strength of the brand. Mm. You know, it happened over the brand. You know Jeez. what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I, there was a second that I was kind of like, because um, it was shit that was tied to the brand. At the time, it was this dude, essentially, that was tied to the brand that I had let in, you know, and uh so so he was trying to he was trying to play me on some on some trademark shit and um any which way i remember kind of being there was a moment where i was kind of like kind of bugging a little bit like yo i gotta change this so i have to change that even though i created the shit bro mm-hmm. and there was you know there's levels to again there's so many levels to everything right and it's like you can be you know we all got feelings and emotion we can be feel the feeling like fuck this guy bro we cut his hands off like you know yeah. what i'm saying like yeah. on some chop the hands Trust of the me. thief shit like you know fuck this guy, bro. We have a direct address within a day and a half. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And multiple avenues of dudes that are like, fuck this guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, but you got to weigh it out. You got to weigh it out and be smart about it. And again, what's the ultimate picture, the big picture goal and, uh, and understanding all of that. Um, so, but I remember this guy told me this, this, this advertising agency cat told me that, uh, he said that logos is all it is, is punctuation to the story. You know, nobody reads the story for the punctuation. Mm-hmm. If the punctuation's off, they're going to be like, who the fuck wrote this story? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but ultimately, it's the story that always um, rings the loudest, you mm-hmm. know? And, and and it always kind of stuck with me when he said that. And, um, but yeah, I ended up sorting everything out and getting it all sorted out, whatever, and, and, and going through it. But um, but yeah, it's it's been an organic journey, bro, you know? And Again, same thing with that vibe and that feeling like when the brand was conceptualized, I'm like, I had that feeling like it kind of like took over my body and I was like, yo, this is real. 
Mm-hmm. This is another piece to that story that uh, that I've always been looking for. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm like, this shit is real. But again, it comes back to like, you know, how how much you love it. You know what I mean, and how much you're willing to give of yourself for it, bro. Like, I don't make it to the barbecue, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If I make it there, like, hold my plate on the side, like my shit's like cold. Yeah. With like foil wrapped on top of it, like you know what I mean. If if do I do whatever even, you can to just hold me a plate, it, yeah. just hold me a plate, yo. Because I guarantee by the time I make it, the fucking the barbecue's off. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everyone's inside. Everything's smoldering. Everything's yeah, cold yeah, and yeah. shit. Like yeah, you know. Yeah. If I even make it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because it's like I, I'm kind of you know, lack of better terms, like you're married to the game in that way. You know what I mean? It's like you're, 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 you sacrifice. You know what I mean? Your time your energy, your money, your whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is, you know? But it's, uh, I don't know, we see, I can see it. I've seen it in my life, bro, in my little journey so far where I'm like, yeah, you see the equations kind of add up, you know, in that way. Yeah. And then you can't get frozen because there's that. that's enough to kind of like paralyze you with like, holy fuck, is this real? Mm-hmm. Like, that'll trip you out too. You know, like, I, like you catch moments where you're like, fuck and you, it's almost like i can't even think about it so hard bro because it'll trip me out like that mm. you know what Man, i mean it, being at the shop has to be like that like just being around bro. like that to me that's like that has to be one of like the epicenters of culture of hard work of just a vision all wrapped into one if you guys like anywhere in the world right now if you're listening to this podcast you need to check out the purple like you have to check it out there is no doubt about it like i'm telling you it will definitely like put something inside you that's just different yeah, and the like purple factory, yeah. the purple factory needs to be checked out and like it's just it's a surreal environment like it honestly is a very surreal environment and like it does feel like you know when you walk in there you're just like wow okay like i mean i don't want to sound like corny or whatever but time stops mm. like when, when you're walking there mm. and you know i'm sure that has an effect on you like each and every day that you walk in there Bro, i'm sure it's just a real feeling i don't leave or or enter that shop or that space bro without acknowledging like in myself you know what i'm saying like where i'm at mm. where i'm standing what what's going on around me you know what i mean i'm a woo baby bro mm-hmm. like as soon as i heard woo tang as soon as i got onto woo, it was like don't even talk to me about nothing else. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like there's yeah. hip-hop and there's Wu-Tang. 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, I always took Wu like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a Wu baby, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, um, it, 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 it's, again, like I said, it's, it's something that you, I can't, I can't just, it's a weird balance because you don't want to, like, overlook ever what you're doing or what's going on. But at the same time, you can't just stare at it, bro. Because you're gonna get blind, you're just gonna get stuck staring at it and just be like like a deer in the headlights type of shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and so for me, mm. it's um, it's this balance of like knowing where I came from, brother. Like knowing like knowing where I came from in the come up. Mm-hmm. You know, never having no handout. You know, having to kind of fight tooth and nail, bro, for for everything. Um, never made fast money. Like my friends were making all type of fast money, and I was like. I'm like, I'm just going to stay in school, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm going to go this route. Like, you guys go to jail and fucking, you know what I mean? Encounter whatever issues you encounter. Mm-hmm. And and we all be homeboys. But, like, you know, it's like, I'm going to go this route. You know what I mean? It might have my contribution in this way. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's it's something that 
yeah, it's it's you got to be able to. It's like a weird, like I said, it's a weird kind of balance and like this equilibrium thing where you got to be like you see exactly what's going on, clearly what's going on, but you don't get blinded and stuck in that and frozen and paralyzed with that because it can paralyze you in that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. You know, where you're like, fuck, like, yo, this is if I fumble, if I fuck up, this is what's gonna happen. This, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yo, we mm. made it to this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, coming from fucking the steps, bro. Yeah. Coming from the steps, brother. You know what I mean? Splitting bus tickets in half and like a small fries amongst like three dudes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I don't want to go back to that. Like, you know what I'm saying? But that's what allowed me to get to where I am. That's yeah. that hungry belly shit. Like, you know what I mean? It's that type of like how. We use the word like like metaphorically or whatever, but it's fucking real shit. You know, they yeah. they say that the biggest advancements in like human history has come from off the, the feeling of hunger. Mm-hmm. You know, and and again, like we use the term loosely these days, but the reality is, is exactly that. You know, like I don't I don't I don't try to get to that point where I'm not hungry. Like I'm 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 still hungry. I still feel butt ass naked out here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm like yeah 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 great cool 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 but we got to keep going. We got to keep moving with it. And, and, and that's what it is, you know, and, and not get too caught up, but at the same time, don't ever forget where you're at and what's going on. Like, you know, and just keep, you know, there was a saying that the optimist, um, looks up and loses his footing, Mm -hmm. right? The pessimist looks down and bumps his head, (laughs) right? And the realist looks forward and kind of sees it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean from that from that middle ground, and uh, so I try to stay in that realm where it's like I can just look forward and see what's behind me, what's in front of me, where I'm at is, yeah. is always kind of the most important. Where I'm at and what I do today is gonna boomerang and come back to to benefit me hopefully on another day. You know what I'm saying? Hundred percent. It's like reap what you sow type shit. Like you know, because I did this, because I sent off this email, because I sat down at the end of cutting for fucking 14 hours and designed like some fucking random hat. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I was able to send that file off in a, in another day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in, in order to receive a response on a, on a, on another day in order to respond to that, in order to get that put into a manufacturing, in order to have to pay that one. It's like, everything is like this boomerang, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and to eventually get it back in your hand to, then have it, you know what I mean? For, 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 for people to, 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 you know, that fuck with it to, you know, be a part of that, you know what I mean? And then it goes from there. And it's like, because this guy copped his hat on this day and he went to go perform mm. or something, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. because he went and was here and somebody asked him like, yo, where'd you get that? Like, what is that? Da, da, da. Like, you know, like all of that ripple effect shit. Mm-hmm. It's like all those ripples in the ponds, bro. Yeah, you know? man. Man, we've been kicking it for just over an hour. This has been easily one of my favorite podcasts that I've done. Oh, dope. Um, thank you for coming by, man. Thank man, you for your time. My pleasure, thank you brother. for blessing me with, with your with your presence, anytime. with your knowledge. We do it anytime. Um, I have a segment that I just started from my last episode on the rum shop where I ask uh, my guests to put in five tunes into the rum shop jukebox. Oh, fuck. Come on now. Uh, I got to put you on the spot, man. I, I no, didn't, no. didn't want to give you I don't want to give you any no, pretenses come on. to have anybody give anybody That's any time to think soft. about it. You soft, got this quick, bro. eh? I got to Come on. All right, so the five tunes you're going to put into the the rum shop jukebox. What is it? Um off the top of my head, I'm going to put in um a trap uh, a, a song called Trap Yoga 
Okay. By um, Rome Streets and a guy named Uncle John. Dope. Trap Yoga. Um, I'm going to put in uh, Baltimore by Nina Simone. Ooh, okay. Right? Um, I'm going to put in Buried a Razor by, by Lee Perry. Lee Perry? Yeah. Um, I'm going to put in... Um, hmm. What is that now? Three? Yeah, so you got three. You got two I, more. I got two more. Um, I'm gonna put a song. I'm gonna put a track called "Sun Kissed" by Hus Kingpin. Okay. Um, and you got one more. One more. Um, a track called uh, "30 for 30" by um, a dude named Dash, Uncle John, and one more brother that I forget his name. But uh, I think Ransom might be on. I think Ransom's on that track too. Ransom's on that track. Okay. Yeah. Solid. Yeah, Solid. Yeah, yeah. Some underground shit. Some foundation shit. You know. Man, the, yeah. the Lee Perry. That's that's a big one. Yeah, yeah. That's a big one. A lot of people. Foundation, have slept on that fam. Lee Yo, Perry, I was man. hurt. I was hurt to hear that he passed, bro. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I got a guy showed me that only like two months ago. I was like, what? It's like, yo, that guy was the foundation man, bro. For those who don't know. Chill, 100%. You got to do your homework on the ones, that's, that's on all of them, all of the ones that you just named. Yeah, Those are yeah. heavy. Yeah, he's a founder, Lee Perry, a founder, bro. Yeah, man. But, man, again, I want to thank you for coming out. Uh, Marm Ferreira just runs the Purple Factory. Yes. Runs culture and hip-hop, runs culture in the city. And, again, you guys need to do your homework. You need to study on this podcast. This is, this is not something that I would just want you to kind of glance over and skip parts. I mean, I got a lot out of it. It's reinvigorated me to approach my saxophone playing in a different way. That's why mm. I was so eager to have you on. Yo, do you travel with your sax? Yeah. Like when you go places? Yeah, man. You have uh, to go play that shit in like the fucking forest, bro. Like in the Amazon or something. Yo, you know what? So I was in, um, well, I was in Europe. Uh, what I would do is like late night, like in Venice. Yeah. Uh, I stayed where like they're like the city of bridges. Yeah. I would just literally just take my horn one night. Uh, the hotel that I was staying at, they they closed at like twelve, so like I just lost track of time, mm-hmm. and it was twelve. They like the place was closed. I oh, you get can't back get in. back in. Yeah, one of those so ones. Yeah, like, yeah. Fuck it. I just took walk my the horn streets. Out, you man. just walk the streets and play yeah, music and I all just night. Played on the bridge till like the sun. <laughs> Some came bleeding up, gums man. Murphy shit, bro. <laughs> Literally, my gums were <laughs> bleeding too, man. Yo, that's fire. Yeah, man. But that's definitely like anywhere I go. I that's a vibe, bro. Horn, you got it. Yeah, bro. We go to like the fucking Sahara Desert and just bust out like in the moonlight, bro. Like, yeah, you know? man. Like honestly, like that's the passport for that's the international language, man. Like, yo, everywhere you go, you got to travel with that, bro, and exactly. just and just and just make like a random like, like like just document that shit. Yeah, you man. and like the Great Wall, fucking playing the saxophone. You know what I'm saying? Like, hundred percent. Anywhere, bro. Some random alley in like Philly. You man. know what I mean? Like. My next location, my next travel location is Cuba. So yeah. I'm like, yeah. I just want to be humbled and like just study with those guys out there. Just do that shit as a part of like their life. You're going to rock, I mean? just like, rock that shit around your neck like a fucking, yo, 100%. like slick Rick, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like flavor, flavor, <laughs> clock around the neck. Just keep that, the, the yo, sacks around your neck. Like 1000%. That's fire. But yeah, man, we're signing off. Yes. Thanks again, man. I much really love, appreciate much your love, time, my bro, man. for sure.
right, so all you hip-hop and Wu-Tang lovers, hit me up at the Rum Shop HQ on Instagram for a chance to receive a special shout-out on the next episode if you can name that song that I just played on my sax. I want to thank Martin Ferreira for coming out. I mean, his dedication to his craft is a sight to behold. It really did give me a lot to think about and a little fire within myself to really put uh, the dedication and the love and the precision into my craft. So I hope you guys got the same thing that I got out of this. Uh, keep it locked for the next episode. And again, thank you all for listening. I appreciate the love and support. We're signing out.